it's me, Fred Wilcox, back at it again with a new episode of the Boy Time Podcast, and as always, I'm joined by Babby. We have a very exciting podcast for you. It is, it's Alien Week. It's very scary, Alien Week. I watched a lot of Alien movies. Uh, Don't ask me why. I don't know why I chose to do this. Um, especially since almost uh, most of them are from the 50s. So old 50s sci-fi. Uh, watched three films from that, that time period. Uh, one from the 80s and one from uh, 10 years ago. So it's Alien Week. We're going to have fun with that. I also saw the hit film Godzilla Minus One. So I might alien film. It's a little bit of an alien movie, kind of. Not at all. I don't really. They don't really explain where Godzilla comes from, uh, or uh, why he's. It could here. be an unidentified object then. He Not yeah. Flying, hopefully, it could be a UAF, as yeah. they say, an unidentified aerial phenomena. And he does mm. jump, so that That's would true. that would make him. Uh, a UAF, which is interesting. Uh, so we got that coming up. Um, I think the only bit of news actually just happened, but we brought up uh, last week that Bong Joon-ho's new movie is coming out in like four months and there's no trailers, no promotion or anything. And then it was announced an hour ago as of us recording this. Podcast that it, timing. It's it's very good podcast timing because it has been delayed indefinitely. Oh, <laughs> so um, don't know uh, what that means. Not a good sign. So we're probably not going to get a Bong Joon Ho movie this year. So unfortunate, but that's that. Um, also, I guess theoretically we could talk about something that just happened um, also today. Uh, there was a SAG-AFTRA agreement uh, in regards to the use of AI in video games. Uh, considering we do on occasion bring up video games on this program, and we did cover the strikes a little bit. Um, now that everything's over and there was AI protection in, uh, in movies and TV shows, they have reached an agreement that is the exact opposite of that in video games. Um, yeah, I don't know why this, uh, why they're, they're going back. Um, although it does seem to be a little bit more, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's different it's, for <laughs> video games. The AI, AI, there's a lot of AI stuff for like, coding and engines and stuff like yeah. that is not necessarily like the mainstream AI. That's true. Sometimes these are just tools that use artificial intelligence to make stuff easier. So yeah. it's not like it's like ripping an actor's likeness for something. No. And it does seem to be that it is, um, that it is mostly like a voice actor thing where they can create license their own AI voice their mm -hmm. own voice mm -hmm. and then they can give it to a developer or whatever. Um, but I think this is also is like 
well, maybe you're going to have a voice actor do something in your final release, but you know, you don't have the script all the way done yet or something. You need like placeover voice so you can see what that is. Maybe that's what that's for. I'm not sure. I feel like a lot of games don't take voice acting as seriously as they should anyway. So I don't feel like this isn't going to be too horrific. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I'm not sure what this is going to look like. I've seen some of the example voices going around, but I don't know if any of those are official or real. It it might help like indie developers that are making like huge MMORPGs or something. And you just need like an NPC to be voice acted or something. Or just like one line, you yeah. know, just one line yeah. when you go up and talk to them and then they say, oh, you're new around town or whatever. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see the ramifications of this. So far, not too many alarm bells are going off, but um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this. AI is a big complicated thing. It's it is. easy to get cut off, cut off and like buzzwords and stuff, but. It's a never-ending kind of changing thing as of now. Yeah. I think the, the thing that's important, I think, for both of us is to protect the, the artists involved yes. and the voice actors, which yeah. is, uh, yeah, as you were saying, something that is uh, not thought of nearly as much as it should be in terms of great performances and stuff in video games. I mean, the game award hashtag the game awards does bring up performances and, and their achievement awards or whatever, but I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people don't care about it, which is a shame. But we'll keep you up to date if anything weird happens there. Uh, but I think aside from that, I think that's it for news. Unless you have something. I don't, I don't think, think I so. do. It's been kind of slow. I mean, it's January, so news is generally pretty slow when it comes to stuff. Uh, We are going to be getting the hit new Marvel show Echo coming out very soon, um, which I frankly can't wait for. I have no idea what that is. (laughs) I don't really know either. I just know that it's TVMA and it's all over the advertising for it. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like, it'll be like a trailer and then it'll be like five seconds of just a still frame (laughs) of TVMA. Don't let your kids watch this. But I think it's like the lead in for like the daredevil thing, the daredevil show they're doing. It has uh, Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin who played Kingpin in the daredevil, the Netflix daredevil show, which is very good. I recommend that show saw it when it came out. I have not seen it since, but it's a good show. And frankly, I don't care. I'm not going to watch it, but it is interesting that they are coming out with a TV MA thing. But I guess Marvel is desperate at this point. And now they're willing to make changes, which they should have done three years ago. But enough about the past. Let's talk about the past. Well, Let's go. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, again, I don't know why I I decided to do this. Um, I think I brought up that I watched The Blob last week. The Blob is a great movie. Um, Also a 50s sci-fi. And I was like, you know what? It was kind of fun. Let's watch some more. And so 
I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to frame this in a remakes uh, slash adaptations type thing. Because all of these movies are either adaptations from old sci-fi magazines or novels or, uh, or remakes of previous movies. So that's, that's what we're going to be talking about. So I watched both versions of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, both the 1956 and the 1978 one. Both of them are very clearly anti-communist coded. Um, As most things were. (laughs) As most things were. I think that this one is the only one. These two are the only ones that were like clearly... Uh, scared of communism, uh, kind of both. Uh, yeah. Late seventies is a little bit late for like the second red scare, but the fifties was yeah. like right in it. Um, but I'm a little bit confused. Both of these movies have the same premise. Um, obviously they're remakes of each other. Basically there are aliens and they're like plants and I don't think it's ever explained. We never see like a ship. We never see uh, any of their pods landing or whatever. It just is. In the first movie, we follow a doctor, which I think is a really good idea because um, basically people are going to the doctor and being like, hey, something's weird. Like my kid is not the same as he was yesterday. Like, Everything about him is the same, but there's like no emotion in his eyes. And it's like, that's kind of the, the starting part of it. And it's like, oh, that's kind of weird and interesting because the aliens are coming and they're uh, replacing people one by one and basically just trying to spread their population as much as possible. And then this town just so happens to be the first one that they touch down in and uh, by the end, most of the town is taken over by these pods. Uh, that's what they call them in the seventies. I don't remember what, I don't think they call them anything in the fifties, but they're these alien pods. And then that's when it gets like the most, the most scared of communism thing, because it's like, the the pods capture the two humans and they're like, don't you want to live in a world where there's... You know, there's no injustice, there's no hate, there's no love, there's no emotions, just everyone's the same. I'm like, okay, I I get what you're doing here. (laughs) Exactly what Karl Marx said. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But it's... (laughs) For a quote. (laughs) But those are like, that's like the bad guys. The bad guys are... when nobody different. Yeah. Yeah, that's... And then, like, the guy's like, no, I need to live in a world with love. And just disregarding all of the stuff that's, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, like, obviously that's not what communism is. But I think there is something where it's, like, nobody, uh, everyone is, like, the same and, like, social structure. And that's a, that's a bad thing <laughs> that uh, the movie implies. Um and but th- there is something in both of these movies. I I have <laughs> I have serious questions about the logistics of how these pods work, because we see these like aliens carrying just like giant plant 
seeds, uh, basically the size of adult human people. And they're like planting them, but basically like once they plant a seed of your body, as soon as you fall asleep, you turn into an alien. It isn't like the seed pod sprouts and then it's a perfect replica of you and then that replica has to kill you. It's like the seed is planted and then you are an alien. I don't know how that works. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense because like the end of the 50s movie, it's just the main guy and the romantic lead and the romantic lead falls asleep for like a second and like they're running together but then like she like falls asleep for a little bit and he comes back and she's like an alien and she like starts alerting everybody to where they are. And I'm like, wait, when did the, the body didn't like switch? It's just the same body. So really the name of these movies is a lie. It's not, it's not an invasion of the body snatchers at all. It's an invasion of plant people that plant seeds that turn you into an alien somehow. I don't get it. Um, but like the allegory of like communists are coming and they're going to change your mind overnight and it's going to turn into a, a red hellscape. Uh, yeah. This is the MK ultra era. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 That is true. So, I mean, that was like the only thing going through my mind and it was kind of fun. It's a fun movie. Um, you know, as, as a red blooded American, I do enjoy watching the communists lose they do lose in the end which is you know good of course you want to see the aliens lose um and but that's that's kind of a vague thing and the remake because the remake is uh it's similar um but like there's just little differences it's still they have the giant seed pods and you just go to sleep and then you become them uh you lose all your clothes though which doesn't make any sense i don't know <laughs> I don't know how that happens, but it was the seventies, you know, you can get away with having nudity. So I guess they just did it. Um, but the, the notable thing about the seventies movie is that it has a very young Jeff Goldblum in it. Mm. It's like it, one of his first like leading roles. He's like a, he's like in his early twenties. It's kind of fun. Uh, but he is just like a minor supporting character and, uh, he gets got pretty early. But yeah, this one, the main guy is no longer a doctor. He is a, a guy who works at like the Department of Public Health or, or something like that. Um, I don't think the city has ever said. It looks like default kind of West Coast city. I don't well, Maybe it's more like Chicago or like Cincinnati or something. For some reason, I was thinking it was Cincinnati the whole time even though I don't think it's ever said, but I don't remember seeing palm trees. It's just vague American city and aliens are happy. They're there. The interesting thing though, and this is something that the original didn't do is that, uh, the romantic lead is not just like a romantic lead. It's more like a dual lead where she is also a scientist and she does tests for the department of public health and basically we see the world before the pods touch down. In the original, the doctor is coming home from a medical convention, which I guess is just something that used to happen all the time because, like, doctors go to medical conventions in two other movies I watched. So 
I guess it was just, it was either a thing that uh, people wrote about in movies or it really happened all the time and doctors, like <laughs> the only doctor in town was gone for weeks at a time all the time. Doesn't really make any sense. But so we see the world before the pods touch down, before everything. And then she goes to sleep and wakes up and her boyfriend is an alien. And so we see he kind of goes from a lazy, do-nothing guy. He just likes watching football with big 70s headphones on, uh, on the recliner while his wife does all the work, or girlfriend. I don't think they're married. Um, but then once he becomes an alien, he becomes a sharp-dressed guy, and he starts cleaning up and making his girlfriend breakfast and stuff. So that was kind of interesting because that was like well we get to see the before and after whereas in the original you don't see that at all um but then i think it kind of it kind of mulls about for a little too long i think i have an unpopular opinion where i prefer the original to the remake because i think a lot of people have the remake they have a highly regarded which i think is fine they're both fine movies but this one is more like I don't want to say it's more like against collectivism. I'm not really sure. I think it's kind of going, it's more vague than the original. The original is very clear. Communism is bad. The original is like, well, communism is like a thing, but I'm more scared of aliens. I think that's the thing. They're like, let's take this thing that was originally like this big anti-communist thing and then make it spooky scary alien time, which I guess is probably better, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot to say about the remake. It's fine. So that's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Good movies, solid movies, I suppose. I also watched The Thing from Another World, which is a 1951 classic, which was remade in the, uh, early 80s as The Thing by John Carpenter. And then that was remade in the early 2000s as The Thing. But nobody remembers that, and it's really bad. So this this has been essentially remade twice. It's an adaptation from an old, uh, I think a short story in a science fiction magazine. Uh, and the short story is more similar to the John Carpenter movie where there is an alien that lands on Earth and then uh, can basically turn into, it's like a shapeshifter. So it, it gets onto the Antarctic research base as like a dog, as a sled dog, and then it turns into people. And then one by one it starts killing everybody. But So the whole time you're like, which one, who's real, who's an alien? Kind of the whole thing that Invasion of the Body Snatchers is, but more singular. And it's scarier because it takes place in an isolated Arctic research base. Um, so <laughs> the original movie had that story concept and said, okay, what if we do that, but instead of a shape-shifting alien, it's a giant carrot? Uh that's not a oh. lie. <laughs> That's not. I wish I was making that up. That's that is true. It's a vegetable monster, uh, and they call it a carrot. Um, 
I, <laughs> it's basically Frankenstein. It looks like Frankenstein's monster or whatever, but it's a giant vegetable. Um, and I was like, I was going to praise it, like, because for most of the movie, you don't see it. Like, we see them, like, dig it out of the ice and bring it into the research base. And then you don't ever see it. And I'm like, that's smart, because I don't think this movie had that big a budget. Like, um, I, I think they actually went somewhere outside to shoot the cold scenes, because you can see their breath. But then, like, inside, you can tell it's just, like, a set. And it's probably, like, a set from, like, a war movie or something. Because it's like, it's all military. And I don't remember in the John Carpenter movie, I don't think they're military. I think it's all scientists. Um, and so like, yeah, it, there's like, it's just like people's houses. And like a research base in the Arctic wouldn't just look like a typical American house. Or even like an office building, which it kind of looks like. Um, like this, it doesn't totally compute I don't, I don't think that that's how that would look. So they're just kind of using sets that they already had. And so then they don't show the alien for a long time. I'm like, that's cool. Uh, we don't ever see the, the aliens like true form in the John Carpenter's the thing. Uh, I, I think at one point they even say they don't even know if it has a true form or if it just is constantly shape shifting. Um, and so I'm like, oh, are they going to do that? No, it's just a big guy who's a giant vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's weird. Um, I mean, I don't hate it. I mean, I, I might. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's just... It has the elements that I like from the John Carpenter movie. I guess as... I, I should probably say that the thing is one of my one of the best movies I've ever seen. I love John Carpenter's The Thing, um, so I was kind of interested to see the original, and for it to take such a wild left turn to have it not even be the point of the movie, which, if I if I could be frank, would be easier than coming up with a giant carrot monster. You don't even have to have any special effects to have, like, one person be an alien. You don't have to give them any prosthetics. Just have them be an alien. And then in the kill scenes, you either have it be, like, from the killer's perspective, from the, or the alien's perspective, then cut away when they kill them. Or you could do shadows, do that. You don't even have to go all out. Don't have to do any prosthetics. You know, it was the 50s, early 50s at that. I don't even know how advanced it was. Um, so I don't know why they did this. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Um, and it doesn't really work either. I was never um, convinced of, I was, I don't know. I was just not as interested in it as I was in the John Carpenter movie. Um, so... That's the thing from another world. I guess check it out if you're interested in the John Carpenter movie. Things. If you're interested in things, well, actually, things is something else. That is one uh, singular thing. <laughs> just one thing. 
things is like an old, I don't want to say old. I think it's from the nineties. It's like a B movie, a shot on video B movie that is highly regarded as one of the worst things ever made. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we won't watch it cause I've heard it's really boring. So, <laughs> I mean, we could, we could watch things if you want to, but I don't want to. So make of that as what you will. The next spooky alien movie uh. is Forbidden Planet from 1956. This one is one that you've probably seen the poster for. It is a pretty famous 50s movie when you think of like old 50s sci-fi you know, there's it's a big robot with little nubby arms, and then there's a blonde girl that's, like, uh, draped in its arms, like Joker being carried out of the Arkham City by Batman. I don't know if that's too specific a reference, but it's exactly what it looks like. Um, yeah, this one's a little different in that it is... Uh, it's not aliens coming to earth it is earthlings going to other planet um and it, yeah it predates the original star trek which i think does hinder it a little bit because um i think star trek and i'll i'll be honest i don't i don't know a whole lot about star trek i'm currently watching the original series don't ask me why. I I should be watching Barry or Fargo or something. Nah. I'm, <laughs> I'm watching the original Star Trek show, mainly because I want to watch the movies. I don't think you have to watch the show to watch the movies, but I'm going to do it anyways, and there's only three seasons, so whatever. I can just have it on in the background. But one of the things that I really like about the world of Star Trek, and it isn't really in the original, it's more in like next gen and on, is that um, like the Federation or the humans are like well past injustice, any sort of like societal stress, like they are more or less a utopian society. And they're just basically going around exploring and that's that's pretty much it. It's just an exploration show. Um, to the point, I think there's a, a scene in one of the um, original series episodes where I think her name is Uhura, the the black lady who's on the helm. Um, they pick up Abraham Lincoln. I think it's a time travel episode. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it, but uh, he calls her a racial slur i'm not going to say it obviously <laughs> uh but he calls her a racial slur and then like apologizes and he's like oh i i'm sorry like that's just something that we say in our time i'm sorry if i offended you and like not only is she just like like she's not offended by it she's like not even sure that she's supposed to be offended by that term like that is like so far away from where humanity is that it's like, Oh, that's like slurs are directed towards people's race. Like that is something that she can't even like, she has to like realize, Oh, that's what just happened. Um, which I think is kind of interesting. I mean, that's, that's a cool world 
there's a lot of hope in that when it's like that's where sci-fi that's the kind of sci-fi i like the kind of idealistic uh this is where humanity could be if we sort our shit out and so this movie is not that at all um it's i mean uh again 50s uh this one isn't necessarily communism bad i'm not entirely sure what the message is i guess uh try as we might humanity might just increase intelligence over and over and over again tenfold until we're the smartest things possible but we still have evolved from a primitive state and therefore that kind of evil is still inside us so i don't know if the moral of the story is we should not try to educate ourselves it could be this was the 50s you know maybe it was just <laughs> like hey we need to stop progress um but it's interesting it feels like this movie is like the like the representation of like space age like when you uh you know you see that poster and it's so it's so 50 sci-fi um but the the cool thing about it is that leslie nielsen is uh, <laughs> the um star of this movie uh who i know as the, the guy that was in every single comedy in the 80s like naked gun and airplane he I think just I think it was uh, the Zucker brothers who were just discovered. Hey, this guy who was in sci-fi movies in the fifties is really funny, and so they just <laughs> he just made him the star of all of their comedies. So it was kind of fun to see Leslie Nielsen back in what he started doing. But yeah, it's it's a weird one, and it's like. And, and like, kind of going back to, like, what I like about Star Trek, like, that original show, like, it, it has a very diverse cast. Not only for the time, I would say just in general. Like, there's a lot of women on the show that are holding high seats in the, like, rank of the starship. Um, and, like, it isn't just, like... Uh, I feel like sometimes in old sci-fi, it's just like other races are used as like the alien characters to like reinforce racism. Um, but that's not the case at all in the original Star Trek um, or any of the Star Treks really, uh, except for the new stuff, which is terrible um, because basically all the new stuff is like, well, what if all of that, but what if the Federation was actually evil and racist and fascist? And it's like, that, that's not the point. You can do that. You can do that in other sci-fi and we'll talk about that, but it doesn't make sense to do that with Star Trek. Uh, kind of ruins the whole tone, but this movie is like not diverse at all. The entire crew of the, the spaceship is all white dudes um, and there's one woman in the entire, uh, movie, uh, and she is the romantic lead and she is implied to be underage. I, I don't know what to do with that. Um, uh, I don't know how <laughs> to approach that, but I don't know how old Leslie Nielsen was. If I had to guess, he was probably in his twenties or thirties, probably more thirties. 
Um, so it's weird. Uh, but I don't even know if I really want to go into the plot because it almost doesn't matter because whatever it's forbidden planet. It is a bunch of dudes to get on a planet and they're trying it's to forbidden. find it's forbidden because there's this guy they're trying to recover a team that was sent to this planet 20 years ago. And basically there's just one guy left and his daughter and, uh, that's it. And the guy wants them off the planet because something happened like 19 years ago and there was something on the planet that killed everybody else except for him. And so he thinks, oh no, get off the planet. If you come here, it's going to start again. And it does. But the twist, I guess spoilers for Forbidden Planet. The twist is that this guy is the evil monster the whole time. <laughs> I know. I know. It's very scary. There's an invisible monster that is created by this guy's subconscious because he has been studying this alien race that uh, I guess existed a million years before humanity existed. Um, which is odd. Like I, I wasn't expect like this movie like relies heavily on evolution, which was not something I was expecting from a fifties movie. Uh, cause it's all about like these aliens came to earth and then they took a bunch of animals with them, which is, Basically, so that they didn't have to create any alien creatures. They could just, oh, there's deer and a tiger. You know, oh, there's just the aliens. They brought them back. When they visited Earth a million years before we existed, then they just took that with them. Um, and so he's been studying them and he found a machine that enhanced his brain power like tenfold. And because of that, whenever he sleeps, there's an evil monster that that follows out his subconscious. So he wants them off the planet. When he goes to sleep, there's an evil monster that tries to kill everybody. Uh, so that's that's the twist. It's weird. I didn't really like this movie at all. It's fine. Um, basically, all of these movies are just they're floating around two and three stars. That's <laughs> they're all fine. Um, which is, I don't know. It's whatever. I don't know what I was expecting going into this. I don't think I was expecting to really like these a whole lot, but that's, that's that. That's the alien stuff. Um, we'll talk about Arrival, which is a movie I watched. Uh, it came out in 2016. It's a Denis Villeneuve movie. Uh, I think it's his last original movie. Well, actually, that's not true because this one is adapted by a uh, short story. Um, but, I mean, this is his last, like, I guess, something that is not in a franchise. Because after this, he did Blade Runner. And then after that, Dune. And then Dune 2 coming out this year. And then sounds like he's doing another Dune movie. I think it's Dune Messiah. Um, Dune 3. Dune 3. I, I hope not. Um, but I, I, I already missed the opportunity with tune. So I don't know what they're going to do next. That would have been horrible. <laughs> tune. Yeah. 
Everyone would have expected a new Roger Rabbit movie. Well, it could have been like a musical, like the Joker too. <laughs> Tuker. <laughs> Not called Tuker. <laughs> <laughs> That's isn't that a, the name of a Yeet song? Uh, maybe. Could be. <laughs> it's like Twiz and Tonka. <laughs> oh, Tonka! I think is the <laughs> one. <laughs> isn't Twiz one? It, it might be. Come on, but you're no. the Yeet head. I don't and I don't involve myself with much yeet. What? Surprisingly, I feel like I, sh- I should be on this. Why not? I don't know. I'm not on the Playboy <laughs> Cardi or the yeet train. Except I do really like Playboy Cardi. I just don't. I'm not. I'm a non-annoying Playboy Cardi fan, which is like impossible. I think. Is there overlap between yeet and Playboy Cardi? Oh, absolutely. It's okay. the same style of music. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, there is a song. It's called Twizzy Rich. Twizzy Rich. <laughs> That's I, I like this. Well, yeah. Well, there's a bunch of umlauts on there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his thing. Yeah, Turban. That's a that's a big yeet mm. song. I'm just mm. looking at his hit album up to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. What was I talking about? Oh, uh, something. <laughs> Dune two. Dune. Uh, but I did see something that Denae Villeneuve didn't know if. Um, Dune Messiah was going to be his next movie or the one after, which does imply that there's something else in the works. So hopefully it's uh, another great sci-fi movie because Arrival is phenomenal. Uh, I I guess maybe I should give my personal history with this movie because it came out in 2016 uh, I, when I was the, the well, let me see when it came out. I was either 15 or 16 when the movie came out. Uh, does it say on Letterboxd? It should. Why doesn't it have the exact date? It just has the, the year. Uh, maybe I'm blind. That's okay. Uh, I was either 15 or 16, and my mom was like, I've heard great things about Arrival. You should take your friends to see Arrival. I'm like, I don't want to. I don't I know. I didn't ever see Arrival, so he didn't fall through <laughs> on that. Yeah, I did not. Uh, and I, for some, for whatever reason, I was like, eh, I'm not interested. Like, I don't care. Or too cool for alien movies? Uh, I guess. I don't know. I think for like the longest time, up until yesterday, I was like, I don't really like sci-fi. That's not really my thing. Uh, despite really, I mean, I'm a big Star Wars fan, but that's not really sci-fi. That's, you know, that's something else. Um, when it comes to like heady sci-fi like roll my eyes, but I did really like Interstellar. So um, maybe I'm just that kind of guy. Um, but then I watched all these sci-fi movies and I watched Arrival and I think I've finally come to the conclusion that, okay, maybe I do like sci-fi movies, but it just has to be a very specific kind of sci-fi because I don't like pretentious stuff. And I think that's where I kind of think a lot of sci-fi goes into. Kind of thinks it's too smart thinks it's smarter than everyone else. But what I'll give Denae Villeneuve credit for is that, man, he just has, like, the best, like, ideas. I think sometimes, uh, you know, when it comes to, like, story and, like, characters, like, characters aren't really, like, super strong. Like, there's, they're not really interesting. But, man, like, it is, like, the worlds and, like, ideas. Like, he has great ideas. Because this movie is awesome. Uh, basically, like, 
aliens arrive. Arrival. Arrival. Uh, they arrive, and there's 12 ships, and they all land at the same time at 12 places uh, around the world, and it seems, like, pretty random. Like, they land in, it's like China, Russia, Sudan, Pakistan, Greenland. They land in Montana and Venezuela. <laughs> it's just, like, random places. They aren't picking, like, big population centers. You know, they're picking just kind of, like, random places on the map. And basically everyone's freaking out because aliens are here, but like they aren't attacking. They're just like these giant ovals that are just kind of like hovering in place. And this movie does follow Amy Adams and unfortunately my arch nemesis, Jeremy Renner. Oh, I know I was very upset, but I will say Jeremy Renner is pretty good in this movie as much as it pains me to say it. Uh, he's, he's decent. Uh, Amy Adams obviously steals the show. She's a great actor. Uh, whenever she's in something, she absolutely steals it. Um, so she's even great in those Batman versus Superman movies. She's the best Lois Lane that we've ever had. Uh, that's not, well, I don't even know. I haven't seen any other Superman. I can't movies. name any other Lois Lane. So. <laughs> That's true. I don't know who was Lois Lane in the original Superman movies, like the Christopher Christopher Reeve one. Uh, let me look it up. It was uh, wait, Marlon Brando's in this movie. What the hell? He plays Superman's dad. Margot. Margot Kidger that's uh, Lois Lane in the Christopher Reeve movies looks like she's in a lot of horror movies she was in Halloween 2 Black Christmas and Amityville Horror so I don't know (laughs) Uh, uh, so yeah but Amy Adams in Arrival she plays like a language expert um and then Jeremy Renner is just a scientist. And so uh, they're both basically picked by the U.S. government to, uh, to basically get in contact with the, the spaceship that landed in Montana and try to, you know, communicate with them. And that's <laughs> what the prem- – like, the, uh, it's kind of a loose premise, but – uh, the process of it is really cool. And maybe it's coming from me. I, I am very interested in linguistics, study of language, uh, of accents, of dialects, of, of that kind of stuff. So this is right up my alley. Um, so it's basically like, uh, I mean, it's like two entirely different cultures trying to communicate with each other. Uh, you know, both want, both have no idea what the other one is trying to communicate. Um, but the aliens don't seem to be attacking. Like they're there for a very, very long time and they're just sitting there waiting for humanity to figure out how to communicate with them, which I think is really interesting. Like it's very cool. Um, because I feel like in a lot of these alien movies, aliens come down and then attack, which I guess is fine um 
it, I don't know. I don't know anything about real aliens, uh, considering none of them <laughs> are returning my else. email. What? <laughs> <laughs> Neither does anybody else. Well, that's true. Um, I keep sending out radio broadcasts of like beat it or whatever, but nobody yeah. seems to be returning my calls. But I keep playing the hit yeet song <laughs> Tonka over and over again, but they're not replying to me. <laughs> they should. I mean, it's like math, you know? I feel like if they were going to respond to anything, it'd be yeet. Like, that's barely human. That's true. That's true. I want money. Yeah, exactly. It's the only yeet song I know. <laughs> it's the, like, was it? Cra- no, it's not Krabby Step. It's the Minion uh, one. Yeah, the Minion song. Rich Minion. Soundtrack. Yeah, Rich Minion's fantastic. <laughs> I forgot about Rich Minion. I'm going to have to put that in my rotation again. Okay, well, you can do that. I'm... It's fantastic. <laughs> I don't think so, but I'll, I'll let you have that one. Um, yeah, they should have Yeet. Um, but this movie is, is really cool because it's um, kind of the reverse. It's the reverse of what you would think of when it's like aliens arrive and then they attack earth and then humanity has to band together to kick the aliens out independence day. It's any Roland Emmerich movie. Uh, uh, this one's different cause the aliens arrive. They're peaceful. They're just like, we're trying to communicate. Uh, let's work together and try to establish some sort of connection. And then it's the humans on earth that are getting paranoid and antsy and you know they're like oh oh we're gonna blow them up we should blow them up um and there's even a scene where a bunch of the soldiers that are working at this base are listening to an alex jones knockoff and then that causes them to plant a bomb in the alien ship and basically have a, an insurrection and <laughs> you know uh you know, they like end up like shooting at their own soldiers because they want to blow up this ship because Alex Jones told them to. Um, so it was kind of interesting. And the cool thing too, is that like that attack goes off. Um, and the aliens don't just like shoot lasers down and everybody, you know, dies. Uh, they send like a shuttle down and Amy Adam goes in and she's able to tell them and explain like what happened and like their understanding. And it's like, that's cool. Um, that's the kind of stuff that I really like in sci-fi. It isn't just like killing each other, like just big explosions, giant blue laser in the sky. We need to destroy this giant mothership. It's like people talking, which sounds really boring, but like, I loved it. Um, and I love like, there's like a good, like 30 minute chunk of this movie where it is just like breaking down the science of like how to communicate with these aliens. And basically they get to like, they are able to figure out how to like have written communication with each other because they both have a basis for written communication, but their communication is completely different because they basically spell out their words. They have like just, they spew out like a black ink from like their tendrils because they're basically giant squid. They shoot black ink out and it's just a black circle. And then it has like ridges on the outside and those ridges dictate what they're saying. And so like one circle can be like one sentence basically based on like how many ridges there are. And so there's like 
a good 30 minute chunk of them like going over all of the intricacies of how this language works, um, which is the most interesting thing for me in this movie. I love that part of it. Um, by the end, it's like the Chinese are mobilizing and they basically, they figured out how to communicate with the aliens by using Mahjong. But when you do that, then the goal of uh, any sort of uh, conversation you're going to be having with the aliens is not to seek an understanding, it's to win. And so basically they are misinterpreting the aliens' um, their words as like threats and actions, um, which is interesting. Like that, that it's not only like, like, I don't know. It's not like it's understandable, I guess. And it's like, that could be like a real error that could happen if aliens, uh, attacked. Cause that, that could be, cause I think there's some others, like, I don't remember. I think one of the other ones used chess or something. Um, so it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, but you know, the end, the Chinese are gonna, they're gonna try to blow up their ship and they're, they've roped in Russia and Pakistan and Sudan and they're all gonna do the same. And it's like, oh, Amy Adams, you haven't, <laughs> you have 24 Save hours. The America. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, it's, Acting like America wouldn't be the first to throw uh, it. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, we shot down a weather balloon last year. That, yeah, that's that was the one thing <laughs> that was like, okay, um, if if any civilization is going to shoot down the giant floating ship, it's going to be America. Uh, but, I mean, whatever. Uh you kind of have to disconnect it. No, yeah. Um, and which I is have to disconnect all the time when I watch movies. <laughs> yeah, which is weird because Denis Villeneuve, he's Canadian. I mean, he's not. I think he's French Canadian. <laughs> That's um, even worse. <laughs> is it? Okay, I don't know yeah. anything about him. Um, uh, so, yeah, it, it's very kind of Amero-centric, if that's even a word. Most things are, yeah. Um, but... It's, it's very interesting because it isn't like, I will say that like the, the main characters, Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner aren't like, aren't like doing this for America. It is like, we need to band together. We need to be working with all of the other countries to be figuring it out. We need to be sharing information with each other. And the U S government's like, no, we need to hold on to that because we can use that as leverage later and it's like okay that feels real that feels like something that america would do no yeah you can be critical of it it's just like when it comes to other countries everybody becomes brain dead yeah uh yeah and it's like china is the big bad yeah um, for some reason <laughs> but i will say it's either like it's like every like 2010 like action movie where it's like all just like unnamed weird russian and <laughs> unnamed Southeast Asian country. Yeah. That definitely is not North Korea or China. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, even that new Top Gun movie was like that. No, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I will say that like, yeah, China being the big bad um, is overplayed um, and not necessarily realistic, but I will say that that explanation of them using Mahjong to communicate with no, the yeah, aliens, that's cool. that makes sense. And that's cool. 
Like that is a really interesting like way that that can go wrong. And it's understandable. Like you can see the Chinese perspective there. Um, but them being the big bad that's going to blow up the ship and Russia, uh, Pakistan, that one, that one's, well, not, is that weird? I feel like they are American ally. They are. And Pakistan s- only exists because of that, really. Yeah. And Sudan, I don't think they would be developed enough, really, to blow up a, a giant oval. I'm not sure. It wouldn't be funded enough, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I, well, I may, maybe I'm getting them confused with South Sudan, which I know is just constantly going through some stuff. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I love this movie. Um, I will say once it got to like that, you know, at the end and it was just, uh, we need to save the day. That was like the least interesting stuff. I really liked just the, the investigation, the like, well, not not necessarily the investigation. It was just two societies that were trying to communicate with each other and it felt altruistic. Um, which is so rare. Like I was expecting like so much like social commentary and there's a little bit of that with like the Alex Jones stuff, but then it was like, no, we get it. We understand. Let's talk. We need to communicate. It isn't just, we need to rush to arms. Then we're going to send out a plane and nuke them or whatever. Not interesting at all. Um, yeah, I like loved, loved that. Uh, I won't go into the end because the end is, I guess it's a twist. It's a twist I kind of saw coming, but not necessarily, not exactly. Um, but I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't even want to go into it because I think this movie is still relative. I mean, it's relatively new. It hasn't been 10 years yet. Um, so... Check it out if you have not. I think it is by far definitely the best movie I've seen this week. Although, Godzilla, close second. It's a very, very good movie. Uh, I guess I can talk about Godzilla now. Godzilla minus one. The the, the hit new Godzilla movie. movie title ever. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And I, I don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> the movie does not make that clear why it is called that. Uh, but... Uh, I've, you know, I was talking to mutual friend Grant, uh, he's a big Godzilla fan and he was like, this is a movie. If you take Godzilla out of it, then it is still a really good movie. I would agree. I, I, I'm not sure I get why this is a Godzilla movie. Um, I mean, I get it. I mean, I understand, but it's just like. It feels like that they wanted to make like a, I guess, post-war Japan movie. Uh, and then I guess Godzilla is kind of the catalyst for that being a thing. Because Godzilla is in the beginning of the movie and he's at the end of the movie. There's a big chunk in the middle and there's no Godzilla and it is just family drama uh, and like post-war Japan stuff. Which is interesting. That's like the best stuff in a movie. Because uh, I am not a big Godzilla fan. I saw the original Godzilla a week ago. I think I talked about it last week. Um, and I think I gave it one star. I really did not like it, really, at all. Uh, but I don't really like big monster, destroy city 
I, I kind of destruction porny movies. I don't care about that at all. Uh, not my thing. Um, even from filmmakers I really like, I did not like Pacific Rim and I love Guillermo del Toro. So just not really my kind of movie, but I was like, Hey, you know, I'll give it another shot. I'll go see Godzilla. And the story of this new Godzilla is actually very, very, it's a, it's a very compelling story because it takes place like immediately after World War II. Um, and like, a, just like a little bit before, but basically our main character is, uh, is a kamikaze fighter, uh, pilot. Uh, and we see at the very beginning, he like takes his plane in for repairs on an island in the Pacific ocean. Um, and like we see like the mechanics are like, well, there's nothing wrong with this plane. Why did you bring it in? And it's basically cause he's a coward and he didn't want to, uh, kamikaze himself, I guess. Um, respect, respect, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't think people should be killing themselves. That's a hot take. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's basically it's interesting like this is basically survival survivor's guilt the movie because he gets home and he comes home to post-war tokyo and his neighborhood was destroyed in uh, an american firebombing raid and so he comes home and his entire family is dead <laughs> And he has no job and he has basically no honor because everybody in his community sees him not only as like a failure and not kamikazeing himself because everyone knew he was a kamikaze pilot, uh, but also kind of blame him for the war going wrong where it's like, well, if it wasn't for people like you, then we would not be under American rule, which is very interesting because it's basically just a character study of this guy going through survivor's guilt. Um, but not only survivor's guilt from the kamikaze thing, because while he's on the island, Godzilla attacks uh, and kills everybody else except for him and one other person. And it's basically his fault because Godzilla attacks and he gets into his fighter jet and mans one of the machine guns to kill Godzilla but basically is too scared to pull the trigger. Um, and yeah, so thus Godzilla doesn't die. And then one of the other people gets spooked and starts shooting Godzilla and then Godzilla kills everybody else. Uh, so he kind of has like double <laughs> survivor's guilt where, you know, he didn't do his kamikaze, but also he didn't kill Godzilla and a bunch of people died because of that. Um, and then for a long time, Godzilla is not seen. He's just in the beginning and then towards the end. Uh, and then it is just this guy learning to uh, move on. He's dealing with PTSD and uh, a lot of stuff that, you know, wasn't really talked about back then. Uh, you know, I don't even know if it was, it was probably still called shell shock uh, in the 40s. I don't even know if there was even a term for any sort of PTSD or anything like that. Um, but he's just dealing with it. He has this woman who's living in his house and she has a baby, but it's all like 
the baby was found in the ruins of the firebomb and she has no family and the baby has no family. So she's adopted the baby and then she's living with this guy. And it's all just kind of like the circumstances of post-war Japan has brought these three people together and they're living in one place. It's not necessarily romantic. Um, they just basically happen to be in the same place at the, at the same time. Like she expresses wanting to make it a romantic relationship but he basically can't move on past his own survivor's guilt and PTSD. Like, I think he says, like, for him, the war isn't over. So he isn't able to move on completely and, like, accept that uh, romantic relationship. So it's a very interesting kind of character drama. It isn't like, I think a lot of Godzilla movies, from what I heard, is that they kind of turn into legal dramas the good ones, they turn into legal dramas. Um, the bad ones tend to have just a lot of Godzilla action and then, like, hacked on family stuff. Maybe distant dad and angsty teenage daughter. And then they both survive Godzilla attack and then they both are close again at the end. That's kind of the vibe I get from a lot of these Godzilla movies. Let me know if I am wrong, because I've only seen the original in this one. Uh, but this one's a really interesting kind of um, deconstruction of post-war Japan and what the veterans of the war were going through. And I thought that was, that's kind of cool. Like, most of the people in this movie are, are veterans of World War II, and they are all dealing with it in different ways. Basically, at the end, once Godzilla attacks uh, Tokyo again... Um, uh, it's basically like the the Soviet Union and the United States don't want to help because helping Japan arm either way is going to increase tensions and in the Cold War that is brewing. So like Japan is on its own. And as uh, I think you talked about uh, in one of your segments, uh, Japan did not have an army, was not allowed to have a standing army. They had just security forces. Uh, all of which were destroyed in the first Godzilla attack. So the second Godzilla attack, it's basically on all of these World War II veterans to get on battleships that were going to be donated to the UN, but they just happened to be intercepted before. So they have these like five battleships that are unarmed and decommissioned uh, that are going to attack Godzilla. Um, and it's up to just a bunch of veterans and they're like, well, we hate to ask you again, but you're literally all we have left. So it's, it's a very interesting kind of movie. I liked it quite a bit. Um, I think I, I think I gave Godzilla minus one, four stars. I gave arrival four and a half. Uh, both are really, really good movies. I don't want to go too much into the plot of Godzilla minus one beyond what I have already said. Not going to talk about the end. Not going to talk about Godzilla really, because a lot of that, uh, a lot of the fun of the movie is, is seeing the Godzilla action and stuff. The action scenes are very well done. I will say that the special effects for Godzilla are not very good. Um, I think this movie had a budget of $16 million, uh, or at least that's the official, um, released number. I saw an interview with, I think the director who said, I don't think we spent that much. So, respect. Um, it's kind of crazy to see 
a giant monster movie. Right? There's a lot of, I mean, towards the end, he's destroying buildings and stuff. And for a budget of 16 million, that's like nothing these days. So, I mean, I'm all for it. Uh, this movie definitely made that back and then some. So, yeah, uh, go see it. If it's still in theaters, it might not be. Um, it's not playing near me. I had to go home to a bigger city. So it might be playing. It was <laughs> even then it was in one theater and it was at 1230 or 9 p.m. So they are. Uh, yeah, it might not be showing, but that's that's that. Check it out once it comes to uh, VOD, I suppose. Um, I don't know what it's going to be on because I don't think it's uh, in any sort of major studio. I think it's actually the studio that made the original Godzilla movie, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> it was kind of weird to see that. Uh, like, uh, what, I don't, what do you call it? What do you call like the studio logos at the beginning of movies? Um... Oh, what do you call? There's a name for it. I know there's a name. <laughs> I you should think. know this. Why don't I know this? I should know it too. I just, I don't know. Uh, uh, intro film company. Intro movie company. What did it, what are they called? It just says title sequence. I don't think that's it. I think there's a better name, but yeah. Um, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. It was weird seeing that logo that I saw in the original Godzilla movie and this one happened like, I think it was 70 years. I think, I think they made this movie for the 70 year anniversary of Godzilla. So also they might be making a sequel. There's a lead in at the end for a sequel. Frankly, I don't care. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm not really interested in an expanded, uh, Godzilla minus one universe because I feel like the story was already told and what are you going to do? Are you going to put this guy back through kamikaze training, give him PTSD again? Cause I mean, the whole movie is working over that. So it'd be kind of weird to have, um, that guy go through it again, but it could be completely different. It could be a completely different character, but there's a lead in at the end for a sequel. Um, so I don't know. They might call it Godzilla minus two. <laughs> that I don't know. That would, that would you know? I guess be plus one. Plus one. I don't know. I don't know why it's called Godzilla minus one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, very very good movie. Uh, other than that, I think that's it in terms of movies I watched. I also watched the hit film Steel Magnolias with my mother. I went home this weekend, and uh, it's one of her favorite movies. Um, I don't want to talk about it too much, just in case she's listening. Uh, but it was okay. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Sally Field is in it, and she is one of the greatest. Um, she's, she's one of the goats. So she gives a performance that carries this movie at the end. But I thought that the beginning of it was eh, kind of fine. It's an ensemble movie. I'm not going to talk about it. It's an ensemble movie where the ensemble isn't given enough and it's just one, it's two characters that are the main characters, which is fine. But then what's the point of having it be an ensemble? Whatever. 
Whatever. But that's it for me. I'm going to pass it on over to Babby for his segment of the show. I don't have much. Um, (laughs) It's going to be just like music news for a while until things actually start coming out. Yeah. That's usually how the beginning of the year goes. Um, When you're busy. There there has been some new stuff. Um, We got good podcast timing. There was a new Smile single out today. Uh, Doesn't that album might come out really soon? Yes. So I'm not listening to this single, but it came out. Uh, It comes out January 26th. This would be the third single, and there's only eight tracks in the record, so I'm not going to listen to the single. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, fair. But I'm sure it's great. Um, But, I mean, the other two singles have been pretty fantastic. So uh, definitely looking forward to this a lot. Um, I'll be talking about that at length once that comes out. Um, Hopefully they go on tour because I want to see Tommy Boy in person. Um, but that happened today. Uh, other news, um, Peggy had, Peggy put out a statement, I think New Year's day, uh, saying that he wanted to finish up the album before the new year, but he hasn't, but it is coming soon. Mm -hmm. So I'm expecting a Peggy album in the next month or two. Um, should be a solo record as far as we know. Uh, no singles, no anything, no no hints or anything at this point. We just know that one exists. Um, so we'll definitely be getting it this year, though, uh, yeah. which is exciting. I'm so excited to see where he goes from here. Is this a solo Peggy project? It should be. Okay. I, I wouldn't imagine he'd do another collab. I feel like it's very hard for him to collab with, like, other artists because there's not a lot of artists that he would, like, not that he wouldn't mesh well with, but he's very unique. I think it's hard to match that unless you're Danny Brown. Yeah. Um, yeah. But looking forward to that. It'll be very good because, duh, it will. Um, very unofficial. Uh, Swans posted on Instagram today saying that the, they're going to start making a new album as soon as their tour is over in a couple months because apparently there's already enough ideas brewing brewing for another record um so that probably won't come out for a while but it's exciting to see that still making music um i mean the man said it many times he's gonna keep making music till he drops dead so i don't know how many more albums that's gonna be but they keep going uh i think it's just because like they are a group that um creates and makes new music while on tour uh like while they're performing when you see them on tour, your, any version of a song you know is probably going to be a little bit different than it usually is uh, because it is very much just like free-flowing, that kind of energy. Um, it's all based off energy. It's not like they're playing set songs exactly. Mm-hmm. But that'll be great. Um, I have no idea what the direction for that's going to be either. We are just grasping at anything. But there's a lot of news. It's just everything's very uh, vague on what actually will be coming up. Um That'll be in the works probably for next year at the earliest, I would imagine. Um, 21 Savage did a really weird thing. What? Uh, apparently he has like a film or something coming out. Oh, yeah, with Childish um, Gambino and the with Yeah, with Stranger Donald Things Glover guy. and what is it? Caleb. Caleb something. Yeah. Um, looks really weird. I don't know what it's about, but there's a soundtrack with it that comes out this Friday. Um, 
I don't know to treat this like a. I don't. I think it's just going to be an actual album. Yeah. I don't know if the album's accompanying the film or if the film's accompanying the album. But I mean, he released the cover and it looks like a legit album and not just like one of those soundtrack ones that go with something. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Donald Glover. I don't. I don't understand yeah. what. I didn't watch the trailer. It looks really weird. Like it, and yeah. Donald Glover looks really out of place. Yes, he does. It's interesting. I think it's supposed to be twenty one at different, like I'd stages so. in his life. But Childish yeah. Gambino is older than Twenty One Savage. He also looks nothing like him. That too. But I just think they've worked together a lot, and that's probably where this is coming from. I'd imagine so. Like, is a um, Twenty One is on This Is America and on the like thirteen twenty one twenty yeah, or whatever his latest album, whatever that was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I mean, speaking of. Chados Gambino, there's also rumors that he's got an album coming soon. So I would like that. I would also like that. Um, <laughs> I know he's been getting a lot of hate. People have fallen out of love with Donald Glover. Really? Um, yeah. Have they seen Atlanta? Yeah. Okay. I mean, sure, he is corny at times, and sure, do people overhype his music? Yes. Yeah. But do I still enjoy his art quite a bit? Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, we're Makes rewatching Atlanta right now, actually, and it's it's it's, a it's great pretty show. good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're on season two. It's like uh, the first two seasons are good. It's just like not nearly as good as the last two, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think that's where he really kind of came into his own. But um, still excited for a Childish Gambino record. I know we still have Awaken My Love on on the wheel, so you can listen to your vinyl after. <laughs> Owning it for <laughs> eventually, years. yeah. Um, I will say that vinyl is garbage. Uh, maybe yeah. the worst sounding vinyl I own. Really, and the, the packaging on it is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I, it was like twenty bucks. <laughs> it's so flimsy. Yeah. Um, but the album's pretty good, so uh, we'll, we'll we'll do that this year, maybe. Hopefully. Yeah, we'll I guess there. it's up to you if you pick it, but yeah, um, we'll see. Got yeah. a lot. So I, I'm, I'm guessing this year's going to be a pretty big year for mainstream artists dropping music. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like Playboy Cardi would have dropped by now, but I guess it is only the 9th of January <laughs> as a recording. So yeah. Still got still some got, time. We still got like half a month. Yeah. Um, so I won't lose hope there yet. But I think that's pretty much it for news. Um, I've just been revisiting random albums throughout the week because it's like at this weird lull point in the year where it's like I want something new but there's nothing new out that interests me and it's kind of just everybody's just kind of getting started it's not a very good window to release your album like you either have to like release your album on New Year's or like wait until the end of January I feel like Um, Mm -hmm. there's always like this weird lull after the holidays where people don't really you know adventure out for that kind of stuff so artists don't really release a lot of albums during that time yeah Um, but yeah, I've just been revisiting some old stuff. Um, I checked out uh, Earth 2 again. I think I talked about Earth 2 last year um, by Earth. Um, I think Fantano just did a classic review that made me go back Earth and listen two. to it. So I'm like, ooh, I forgot about that album. Um, it's an hour and 13, three songs. It's a uh, drone doom metal album. Uh, hardly music, but at the same time, some <laughs> of the best music. Uh, which makes no sense. I understand that, but they, they are, it's, it's a really fantastic record. Um, I really liked it the first time I listened to it last year, but I think 
last year I was in the mindset or not last year, but probably like two years ago, I talked about this. Um, I was in the mindset then of like, I need to check out all these like really fantastic albums. And I was doing it at a rate where like I stopped, uh, slowing down and paying attention to everything that I was listening to. If it didn't grab my ear, like immediately. Um, but I listened to it again today and I was like, all right, I like this a lot more than I did the first time I listened to it. Um, the textures on it and the distortion is just like fantastic. Um, it's an album where nothing happens, but at the same time, like it's the best background noise humanly possible. Um, the drones are super heavy. The guitar, it's basically one long song, but different pieces get added to it. Um, to the point where like, you'll go through probably a song and a half. And then you realize that like, wow, this is really loud. Um, but there's some magic to it where it's like, it's really loud and it kind of shakes your headphones, but it doesn't feel loud. It's not like painful on the ears. Um, it's a really, really, really good low end that just kind of like vibrates. And I don't know, it, it's a really cool experience. Um, so I really enjoy going back to that one. Uh, one of those where it's like, sometimes I'll listen to an album and it doesn't click with me at that point, but like I'll randomly find it in my Spotify liked one day and be like, Oh, I should check this out again. And then I'm like, Whoa, this is a lot better than I thought. Um, so check that out. If you're, I don't even, I don't know <laughs> what kind of person or what kind of mood you'd have to be to put this on, but it's very good. If you, you, you have to listen to it on headphones loud though. Um, not to be like, Oh, you have to listen to it this way. You, you literally have to with this album. Otherwise it's not going to do anything for you. Um, and this is one that will not damage your ears. Like if you put on a Swans album, which you also need to play loud, it's not going to like damage your hearing. Um, but very, very good. Uh, went back to Nick, Nick Drake because it's just fantastic. It's a great record. We got to do some Nick Drake this year on the channel. We will. We will. Um, we will. He's next on my good list after we do Portishead. Good. So, um, yeah, going back to some old Peggy, getting ready for getting ready for the new album whatever that is um been digging into soccer mommy's latest album again because that is great it's a great record uh, yeah it aged really well <laughs> no it's i i spun it the other day because you talked about it mm -hmm. i don't remember if you said it on the show or if we were talking just uh us talking but you brought it up and i i listened to it. i'm like man i forgot how good this is yeah i did too i'm <laughs> like oh my god i have a signed copy of this sitting somewhere <laughs> yeah and everyone who did not like it when it came out y'all are cowards yeah that's all i'm gonna say both of her albums are fantastic um i haven't listened to i the think other. she has more than she has more than two but the two i've listened to are fantastic <laughs> uh color theory and sometimes forever um yeah aged really well i feel like she was kind of ahead of the curve in 2022 with the kind of resurgence of 90s alt rock shoegaze dream pop she's kind of she's kind of got it all in this record and uh before everybody kind of started scooping it up now um yeah so mad respect i hope she does something again soon um yeah i feel like she's the very like less popular kind of snail mail um like indie pop area uh yeah i don't know she, she'll always be kind of underrated for me very, very good. I'm going to go back to Injury, Injury Reserve by the time I get to Phoenix. That album is just, oh, makes your brain just hurt, but in a good way. Um, and then I went back to Silver Mountain Zion, which is the side project of Godspeed. Um, they did a really fantastic 2000s record. Um, it's, the name's too long. I'm not going to say it. Uh, 
he has left us alone. I'll just cut it at that. But uh, very, very good. Like, it's very Godspeed-esque, but it's a little bit more toned down. Um, the highs don't reach as, the, as intense as it does on a Godspeed record. Um, but this was one where I think I talked about this when I first talked about this record. But you'll see one song with 11 million plays can, uh, and everything else is around, like, you know, the 600,000 mark. Um, this was one of those that blew up on TikTok, but it was one of those stupid TikTok things where people just make stuff up and then everybody's like, oh my God, that's so cool. Um, I think there was like a TikTok thing where it was about like, uh, someone found like a lost, like lost tape that like has the sound of angels on it or something. (laughs) And it's really just the Silver Mount Zion sound. Uh, it's a really (laughs) fantastic song, but like. I mean, I guess if you got to get popular off of that way, just randomly from an album from 2000, from a very like niche uh, genre to begin with. I mean, that's the good and bad thing about TikTok, I guess. <laughs> but it's a great record. Um, yeah, fantastic. Uh, a lot more chill than Godspeed stuff, but I've been getting back into some more long, long, uh, long form music. Um, definitely take breaks here and there because like sometimes it's like, I just want to listen to something short and sweet and not something that's 14 minutes. Um, but that's what I've been kind of listening to. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I hope to, we'll, we'll, we'll have the main channel start back up soon. Uh, once I yes. get move and get settled. So, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. maybe we'll record next week. We'll see. That's that's hopefully the plan. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, if everything goes well. Um, I can edit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. Um, <laughs> I just I watched like eight movies this week, so that's what I'm doing. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys have been leaving a lot of good comments on the the last reactions one we did with some good uh, good recommendations and stuff. Um, it's funny because like, I think the, the fir- some of the first comments on that top five reactions video were asking us to react to two talk, talk albums and then lift your skinny fists. All three of those albums are like 95 and up for me. And I've listened to all of them extensively. <laughs> it's just funny that those are the ones that people recommended immediately. And I was like, Oh yeah, I, I guess, I guess I've cultivated, we've cultivated an audience that is kind of similar to us at this point. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to see those recommendations get thrown back at me. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm not opposed to doing Lift Your Skinny Fists on the channel. Um, I think it would be a really interesting video. Um, I'd have to work out how to make it interesting, though, because yeah. every song is about at least 18 minutes long. Well, I've heard um, one of the songs. You've heard a fourth of it. So. Yes. <laughs> but it'd be interesting. Um yeah, I'm excited to get the channel back up and going. Uh, it's been weird not listening to, like, new albums intently yeah. uh, for a couple weeks. It's a nice break, but I'm, I'm ready to get back to it. Um, so that'll be coming hopefully next week. We'll record, and then it'll be out uh, the week of the 22nd. Yes, hopefully. hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. we'll be back with Portis Head Dummy, so we're coming back with a bang. Um, That's but, good. Yeah. I guess my other only topic on the show today, which is not related to anything we usually do at all. Okay. Um, I guess it's related to a podcast. So I, <laughs> I guess it, there's there's some relation here. Um, mm-hmm. I bought a board game. Oh. Yeah. I love board games. I'm excited about it. 
Um, nice. and I'm praying to God it gets here before you come up so we can <laughs> actually play it properly. Hey, well, you know, um, you got three weeks. Yeah. There's on two weeks. Uh, this was a board game made by a podcast. Um, okay. And it involves uh, the events of January 6th in board game. Oh, form. I've heard of this. <laughs> yes. The January uh, 6th board game. Yeah. It's called Storm the Capital. Um, it was made by the podcast True and On. Oh, yeah. I've um, heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've listened to it. I think partnered with a, with a board game company. But yeah, fantastic podcast. I've been getting into them heavily the past, like, Four or five months. I think it's the only podcast I pay Patreon for because it's the only one that I think is worth it. Um, but fantastic hosts. They started as like a um, very, very in-depth uh, investigation into the Epstein stuff when that first started. And or they started in 2020, and they they were like going deep into it. And then the whole like actually getting uh, convicted, and then the him dying. Uh, happened during it, and they dig super, super, super deep into it, and it's really interesting. Um, but now they just do a whole bunch of, you know, random topics that are always fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the hosts are great. Um, Brace Belden is a character. He is one of the most interesting people alive, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> he He's like... Grew up in San Francisco, became like a super, super, super drug addict into heroin and all that. Um, went through recovery. Uh, but before that, he got kidnapped as a teenager and sent to like a uh, one of those like teen behavioral like uh, groups or whatever. Um, one of those things where like the school will be like, your child is so bad, they need to be sent to this like camp, like essentially. Yeah. Um, they did a whole like five part series on this kind of like adolescent camp uh, industry in America, and it is the most terrifying thing you can ever listen to. Um, it's incredible. Like they actually go, like, find the person that owned the school that he went to. Um, it's really really good. But yeah, he had all that, and then he went to fight in Syria with an anarchist group to fight ISIS for a while, <laughs> and then yeah, now he's here doing a podcast. He interesting. Is an interesting character. Um, but the board game is essentially like a turn-based, like I think there's like 10 turns before uh, the National Guard show up and kill everybody. So it's like oh, a no. search and collect kind of game with uh, a lot of like funny dialogue and stuff to it. Um, so I'm excited <laughs> to play it. I, I hope it comes before you come up because I think it requires four people at least. Oh, okay. Um, so... Uh, they've been doing some media circuits, and media has picked up on it in the worst way possible, which is just hilarious. Yeah. Um, they called them like a super ultra white right wing podcast, which is really funny. I don't. Yeah, um, that's not true. No. <laughs> no, it's it's Maoist podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, they they have a really funny line because they're able to like stay very anonymous. Um, in media circles because they have that kind of audience that it gets the joke and doesn't spoil anything. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it plays into their marketing too, because you can, you can call them whatever you want politically and it's still fine with the game. So they just like, yeah, Oh yeah, we're, we're conservative. No. Yeah. We're, we're ultra liberal, whatever. Um, <laughs> One of the but, two. I mean, yeah, th they've been getting, <laughs> they've been getting coverage on it, which is great. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to try it. I, I think it'll be fun. Um, I, 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 I took a preview at some of the cards they had out, like the, some of the action cards for the game, and they, they were pretty good. Um, <laughs> knowing their humor, the, this stuff should be really spot on. 
Uh, so <laughs> good. I'm excited to try it, but I, I don't buy a lot of board games, but I'm like, this one is like, okay, it's super limited and it's really funny as just like a decoration piece. Sure. Um, I have to have this. So I was able to get the special edition. I don't know how limited it is, but apparently it's sold out within like 30 minutes. So, oh. um, yeah. All right. I think there's going to be a wider release soon or there's a pre-order up for it. Um, but excited about that. So we, we will play that hopefully and then do a, a review on it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we'll do a serious review of yeah, this. Yeah, we'll do a very serious review of it. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, I think that's all I have. I'm moving. It's interesting. Week, so, yeah. I, I, I might be brain dead next podcast, but. That's fine. That is okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do next week. I don't think I'm going to watch any more sci fi movies. I'm burnt out. I, I got halfway through under the skin and I'm like, I'm done today. I was like, nope, I, I don't, I don't want to do this right now. Um, so I don't know. Car movies. Car movies. Yeah. I don't like car movies. Gone I say <laughs> 60 seconds with Nicolas Cage. I think it's Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I say that, and I've seen every single Fast you and have Furious seen every movie. Fast and Furious movie. Not the newest one. Fast Ten. I've not seen Fast Ten or whatever. 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 It's Fast Ten. I don't know. I was trying to think of like the weirdest thing for movie topics. Car movies. Car I can see Ferrari. Movie. Yeah, there you go. Can we watch ca- Ferrari? Then watch Ford versus Ferrari. Then watch <laughs> Gran Turismo. Gamer turned racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From gamer to racist. That's my favorite poster. Um, yeah, our, our mutual friend Grant saw Ferrari. Apparently his girlfriend is really into car movies. Um, don't ask me why. She apparently doesn't have a car, but she really likes car movies. Uh, Respect. And she he, understands the danger part to it. I, I think so. I think so. Um, so... They went and saw Ferrari. He gave it a one and a half stars, which either means it's really good or it's actually one and a half stars. Hard to say. <laughs> yeah, his, uh, his mind is a it's wild very, one. It's very interesting. Sometimes we align perfectly. Like we both saw poor yeah. things together. We both gave it three stars. If you so. ever watch like a boy time like music video and you get frustrated, like this is nothing compared to like what Grant <laughs> Is. That's true. If you're like, man, this Jerry guy has the worst opinions on things. <laughs> Just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> Just you wait. If we got Grant on here, everybody would be pissed. Yeah. He likes Greta Van Fleet. Doesn't even listen to Led Zeppelin. Yeah, that's like the least respectable <laughs> band you could name. <laughs> I know. I really should ask him if he's listened to any Led Zeppelin. Because he would probably like it. He probably would. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if he really listens to music. Yeah, when I don't I, know what he does. <laughs> when I was in his, well, I wasn't even in his car because his car is in Seattle. But when he was home, we were driving in his dad's car and he was still listening to Billie Eilish. So that hasn't Respect. changed in two I've years. actually been listening to Billie recently too. So What haven't you been listening to? Um, a lot of things. Oh, okay. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. I don't even, I don't look at the comments of our videos anymore because it just, it, 
devolved too much into Jerry is bad. And I'm like, I don't need to see this. Every time I open this YouTube studio app, <laughs> it's always Jerry sucks. I'm like, I don't need that in my life. So kidding me. This is be nice to Jerry 2024. I would appreciate that's, that. That's the New Year's resolution. It's <laughs> okay. How we're going to do that, I don't know. Well, we're not going to do that. We we'll can't figure do it that. out. <laughs> it's not our decision. <laughs> we can influence. Okay. Everyone be nice to me. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but I think that's it. Like there's anything else trying to think. I don't, yeah, I don't think there's anything. Um, I guess if you guys have any movie suggestions or anything, I would appreciate it. Um, I'm officially 25% done with my list of movies that I have. Yippee. I've seen 399 out of 1,573. Uh, don't know how the math goes out. I think it's pretty close to 25%. So I'm working on it. It's good. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, I was going to make a marathon for this episode. Next week, there will be a marathon. Uh, whoops, forgot to do that. Yeah, we'll do... Too caught up on aliens. Sorry, watch too many alien movies. Didn't watch aliens, though. Ironically. Ironically, I don't know. All the alien movies. Didn't watch the one with it in the name. Dang, our Miracle Musical video is up to 19,750 views. Yeah, that's our... I think that's by far our most popular video, isn't it? That is by far. The next one's MGMT at 13,000. Yeah. Wow. I can't wait for that new MGMT album so we can get some more views. <laughs> I need more views. <laughs> uh, maybe I should pay more attention to views because I feel like I pick albums that nobody cares about. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I did just add a John Mayer thing to my wheel. I added his country album. To get my the wheel. Swifty Girlies mad at you. That's okay. That is some clout. Yeah, you know, uh, what is it? No, no, I don't know. All bad publicity is still publicity. All publicity, yeah. All, all publicity, publicity is good publicity. publicity. That's it. Yeah. Just like our Miracle Musical video. You d- you hated that album. I did. And but everyone like, loves the, it. It's it's a great, it's got a 97% like ratio too. I don't understand that. And nobody even really yelled at me. I think... Well, I think there's a certain type of neurodivergence in the community that listens to that, like it, not not a not a like a, a funny <laughs> way. I think like genuinely, there and I think be. they're just really happy that like people are reacting to it. It might, yeah, validating their because this uh, is a great comment section. <laughs> yeah, everyone's very supportive. Uh, like you should check out their other stuff. Which uh, it is on my which yikes. I'm scared to because if there's any Joe Holly Joe Holly, I'm gonna like. All of these people will never watch the channel again after I dig my teeth into whatever that is. Because if I remember in the video, you weren't necessarily super negative. No, but I, I did hate it. You did hate it, and you have gone on I was record. That was early on in the channel's life where I didn't know how to express my uh, dislike of things as well as I did the lagging sure. of things. I'm the, I'm the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, that's yeah, that's interesting. I think that is going to be that is next up on my Yikes wheel. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of views, and there's gonna be a lot of <laughs> that's the one I'm most interested. In that. Yeah, uh, of my Yikes wheel. You know, I don't need to listen to the Macho Man Randy Savage album no. or Meredith. Monk. Nobody's gonna watch that either. <laughs> yeah. The Macho Man one might, because it's kind of weird. <laughs> it's, niche. it's niche. People might not know that Macho if Man we Randy like, Savage has if an If we album. change the, the title and the thumbnail to like look like a video essay on the Macho Man Randy Savage album, we'd get a lot of views. Oh, I thought you were going to... If we change the title and the thumbnail to a different album, then we might oh. get some... <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> we did do that once. Well, yeah, but that was for an April Fool's Day joke. <laughs> I've not done it since. So now it's just... A regular video on... Is yeah. that still on our channel? Is that still up? I have no idea. Can people still watch the Fun Some Nights review? I think people can watch everything on our channel. They just have to go to the playlist tab. Okay. Because we have a lot of unlisted things. We so do if have anybody is like... If anybody is weird enough to do that, now that I told you, you can do it. I, I don't advise it. All that stuff was pretty bad. But... Yeah. The, the Fun Some Nights review is pretty good. I like that one. <laughs> I say that because I made it. Yeah. Uh, but I liked it. Um, kind of funny. And it does have a clip of so. Young Thug listening to that album. It's true. Just fun. And John F. Kennedy. <laughs> That's true. That stayed in my set for a long time because of that video. Yeah. Let me see. I'm, I'm hoping to put albums back in the, in the back of my new set. I kind of want to do that again. Yeah, I miss... I miss that. Yeah. Need some personality going on in my background. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything either. But I'm going to move here too at some point. So why even bother? Exactly. Why even bother until I own a house? That's what I always say. Never happening, pal. <laughs> I want to own land. Um. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Can I own <laughs> <Good> land? Luck. <laughs> is that I'm even? Own land. <laughs> is that fine? Is that like an ethical thing to do? Um, Let me know in the comments. It depends on where the land is and what you're doing with it, I suppose. I'm gonna. I mean, in my mind, no. But. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna get land. I'm gonna get it in Oklahoma, right uh, next to a Native American tribe, and I'm going uh, to do nothing with it. Great. I'm just gonna. Uh, I'm buy actually gonna inherit land. land in a couple of decades probably oh what are you gonna do with that nothing oh. i'm just gonna hold on to it so the state can't buy it and then build a oil pipeline on it that's like a great I try idea. to do with everybody else that owns land yeah that's that's great that's what i want to always keep it in the family if you are a native and uh someone offers you land because either a family member has died or uh they're in a position in the tribe to do that because if you don't then the state will take it and that's not good no, it is not. Little pro tip. Although you don't, I, you don't have to use the land, you just have to go there and then like, uh, maybe like chop a tree or like set up an axe or like a really dingy mobile home there just to make it look like somebody has been using it, and then you're good. This is I did it's very specific advice, but it's, it's <laughs> this good is advice. very specific advice. If any Native Americans are listening, that uh, and you probably already knew this, <laughs> probably. This Although is for people that aren't, I guess. People who are not Native Americans that are going <laughs> yeah. to inherit Just land so you know. from Native <laughs> Americans somehow. Um, 
that would be a, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I do know that a lot of the casinos that are set up by Native American tribes are, that a lot of that money does go to purchasing land. Uh, yes. And ultimately, uh, not ultimately, but sometimes that does go to the, either the, I think it's a federal government, that sometimes that money goes to and they have to give that land to the federal government to add it to the reservation because that's the mm. only way that it's guaranteed. It's messed up. It's messed up. Yeah. I don't know why. We're not talking. <laughs> I don't know why. We, we, this is what happens at the end. We kind of just spiral. And honestly, it makes the most interesting content. I so. think so. I think it's yeah. fun. Um, this is how the early podcast used to be, except less interesting because we were really young and kind of stupid. Really, it was just a way for us to keep talking yeah, to each other. That was like right before, that was a couple couple months before COVID hit. And then COVID hit and then we we're like, oh my God. We did not start a couple months before COVID hit. We started like here, in 2018. <laughs> Was it 2018? It was 2018, yeah. Because I was in community college. Oh, yeah. So I was in... I Wait. I thought it was 2019. It might have been early 2019. Might have been February. I think it was February 2019. Yeah, that sounds right. So, yeah, about a year before COVID hit. Wow. We've been doing Mm -hmm. this for a long time. We have been. We're (laughs) definitely paying off for it. <laughs> well, it doesn't cost anything to produce. Well, I guess no, un- unless you consider Adobe subscription, uh, which yeah, maybe that, I should. That's, that's not cheap. No, it is not. Um, I think like I might six hundred dollars for that per year. <laughs> I might be uh, switching to DaVinci Resolve because it's free. I'll have to see how that yeah, works. Respect. Though, um, our, because... our first podcast episode launched on February twenty third, twenty nineteen. Okay. To a whopping 101 views. Yeah, I remember that one did get a lot because we were we were promoting so it. All downhill from there. <laughs> I suppose so. Although I think between our uh, our audience on our on podcast streaming services and YouTube, I think it averages to about 10 views a podcast episode. Which is I'll not take bad. It. Yeah, it's not bad, and it's like consistent too. So. Exactly. Although sometimes when I do a really clickbait title, then it gets like more. last week. <laughs> yeah, last week wasn't clickbait. <laughs> whatever the the GTA one was, that one got a lot of views. Where I said GTA is woke now, and then that oh, got yeah. that crowd, which we actually got a dislike on that one because yeah, all publicity is good publicity though. So I'm yeah. I'm not I'm not worried. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Although wait, our last week, why did that one get? Yeah, last a week kind of. Yeah. Don't watch Gone with the Wind. Worst mistake of my. Who's talking about Gone with the Wind? Thirty. I guess a lot of people are interested. There's no comments. I would thought there would be comments. No comments. Just. Oh. Just. A lot of views. Just a little behind the scenes, I suppose. I suppose so. Uh, so, yeah. Not sure. I, I still eventually do want to start making boy time minis. Yes, I, I'm trying to finish Disco Elysium so we can do one of like a a, a group one too. Okay, can do that. We we'll probably call them something it. else than boy time minis. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I want. <laughs> what we're gonna do? Because um, I think the original one I did was like a year ago maybe more, when I saw Doctor Strange 2 in theaters. 
I recorded a little, uh, that one I called boy time bonus. <laughs> and then, uh, in November I did a boy time mini, which was the two African movies. Mm-hmm. Maybe we just, maybe we just call it boy time podcast, but there's no number. And then we just do the title of what we're talking about. We could do that. I know. I don't think a lot of, are podcasts even numbered anymore? I, I mean, there are some that are like season, episode. Yeah. I like when numbers. they're numbered. Okay. Most of the ones I listen to are numbered. Actually, all of the ones I'm looking at here are numbered. Yeah. Except for the Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend podcast, <laughs> which is a very good podcast, but does not number their episodes. Um, interesting. Okay. Um then I guess that we will bid the adieu, or as the spaceman would say, beep, 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 beep,